if we look at the impact it has on technology, cannabis is probably the, 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 the only crop of the last 15, 20 years to be worth such a significant amount that warrants significant investment in agrotech. So we're, we're now seeing a whole wave of agrotech just for cannabis, but actually with implications for all other agri- ag- agricultural practices. Welcome to the Digital Irish Podcast, a podcast all about Irish innovation. This podcast interviews entrepreneurs, investors, creators, global leaders, talks to them about what they're working on right now and what we can learn from their experiences. This podcast is brought to you by the Digital Irish Network, a not-for-profit organization which aims to highlight Irish innovation all over the world. I'm your host, Dave Byrne. Today's podcast is part three in a four-part series on corporate cannabis, specifically how Irish people are innovating in corporate cannabis. You do not have to listen to the previous two episodes to get context on what our guest today is talking about. However, I do encourage you to go back and listen to those episodes. Fiacra Mullen and Mark Collins are both exceptionally knowledgeable about the challenges and opportunities in corporate cannabis and why so many people from the Irish community are getting involved in this industry. Mark in particular has some great historical context. Fiacre is thinking about it from a more tech and entrepreneurial perspective. Very fascinating conversations. For today's episode though, I spoke to Stephen Murphy, who is the co-founder of Prohibition Partners. What's incredible about Prohibition Partners is not just the Irish connection, it's also that it has fast become the leading market intelligence firm providing consultancy services, insights, and data across global corporate cannabis. So Stephen is exceptionally insightful, has so much information to provide to us. Prohibition Partners is also an events company. They have organized some of the biggest conferences in the world, both in person and virtually related to corporate cannabis. He talks about the most recent event that they did and what is in line for the future. Fascinating conversation. Check this one out and be sure to check back again very soon for part four as well. So, Stephen, in May of this year, you finished Prohibition Partners Live. Tell us about the event. How did it go? So Prohibition Partners Live really was our third edition of of running a a global, virtual, virtual by its nature is global, but a virtual event. What was kind of nice is there was, you know, in the last, since lockdown, there's been a gradual, not just acceptance, but certainly motivation towards engaging more frequently online. And what we've found with Prohibition Partners Live is we were able to bring senior delegates from the worlds of science, business, politics, and, um, and, and advocacy to come together and discuss global cannabis issues. Now, Usually when you run physical conferences, you are limited from a geographical perspective. But what we have seen in, in, in the cannabis industry in the last in the last probably four years is cannabis go from being legal or in a state of legality in nine states to where we are now, where there's over 55 countries legal. And that is not including what is happening in the wonderful U.S., that is, hap- that is talking about federally legal uh, markets. That means that each of these countries are going through legalization. They're going through grow pains. They're going through the process of implementing a system uh, to provide access to patients or consumers within those key markets. Now, they are all having different challenges. And what we attempted to do with Prohibition Partners Live as a virtual conference was to create a platform environment where these individuals and these groups could come together and share their insights in terms of what they were finding difficult, where they were generating success, and what would be what would help um, create a, a, a more equal global environment for uh, cannabis patients around the world. So it was, it was a very exciting 
few days where we were really able to expand on the the program of content and also we were able to capture some different voices that you may not get access to if it was a if it was a physical event so look while there's a little bit of magic lost in in physical you know this was our third and actually our biggest uh, virtual event we had two and a half thousand delegates attend the event over over, over the two days uh, from i think 42 countries so it was you know it was it was, it was a testament to showcase just how widespread the conversation of cannabis has become bringing in delegates from over 42 countries is pretty impressive there i i keep on hearing a lot of people talk about in at this point during the pandemic how everybody's zoom fatigued but it sounds like that you've been able to expand on what you've done and actually keep it fresh for people to want to engage and want to come back for more the the the, the thing with cannabis is it is so diverse as a result of being so diverse, there is lots of different conversations. You know, you can t- you can have a, a whole day about the evolution in terms of the cannabis plant and our understanding of cannabis. So we probably know around five or six percent in terms of what cannabis can actually do. Uh, you know, there's a pretty significant gap out there of of how we are going to uh, develop new cannabis products and, um, and and science around cannabis over the next 20, 30 years. You know, this has been something that has been scheduled to the gills and, and, and you know, prohibited in terms of our access to understanding what the plant can do. So really the science is only just starting. Now there are pockets of countries around the world that have advanced our understanding, such as Israel, but, you know, we're, we're really just beginning to explore what cannabis can do. And these range from everything, like a, a simple thing of saying cannabis is, can be both an appetite suppressant and when formulated, it can be an appetite stimulant. It, it, it has the ability to do both things. One plant has the ability to do both things. The plant itself can be utilized as a replacement or alternative for concrete, as a replacement or alternative for textiles, you know, as a as a replacement for plastic. It can be used in food and drink. It can be used as a as a, as a health food. It can be used um, obviously in, in a medical capacity. And you know, that is that level of diversity and certainly the early stages of our understanding is is going to bring up debate in terms of how best to drive those initiatives forward, where the funding for those initiatives are going to come from, how we are going to legislate for those initiatives, who is going to be responsible for monitoring and policing it and making sure that it is a, a fairer system. And you know what is the standardization of, of all of this as we seek to create a, a global industry? So the, the, the actual challenge is, is limiting the topics. Like, we could have programmed probably, you know, two, three weeks worth of, 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 of content alone. And that is down to the caliber of individuals now involved in the cannabis industry around the world who are really making significant inroads in the access to cannabis and, you know, the ability or transforming what cannabis can actually achieve. Phenomenal to to hear the kind of the the growth that's happening right now. You even touched on it, like we're just getting started on this. You know, we understand 5% of what this plant has to offer. And that may be actually overestimating how much we fully understand if I'm if I'm hearing correctly. One thing I want to touch on here is because like Prohibition Partners is obviously more than just events. It is a consultancy for uh, those working in the industry and pursuing any activity within here. You have an international cannabis weekly newsletter, which has become a must read for those in the industry. And I think the question for me is, from your insights and knowledge, why is it now that it feels like we're just getting started? Like, why are we now seeing so much investment and interest? Why not before? It's a great, it's a great question. And it's something that has puzzled me for some time. You know, my first few years working in the industry, I was like, is there something that I don't know in terms of why everybody else has stayed out of cannabis. Every article I read or, you know, piece of data I crawled through or uh, every every individual that, that I kind of talked to, an event that I went to, I, my mind just got more and more enthralled in terms of what this industry was becoming. 
And it was kind of like, you know, the world's best secret to a certain extent of, am I in this special club that nobody else really knows about? In terms of why that was, look, I, I think it's it, it's probably threefold. The first is it's, it's not easy to, to, to get involved in the industry. And, you know, despite all the interest, it's not as if anybody can can simply get involved in, in cannabis. It is highly regulated, you know, high levels of compliance, you need to deliver and it's exceptionally competitive. It's still at an early stage market. It's not as if, you know, anybody can do so in 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 the in the emerging markets, I would say, you know, where where regulations are very high. It's still pretty challenging. I also think that there was outside of maybe North America, there's a, a, a global stigma still exists around cannabis. The topic is still a little bit taboo and the connotations associations may may be skewed in a in a societal viewpoint. And that I definitely think makes a make, makes an impact. Like, you know, I would for years I would be going to major Banking institutions and informing them about cannabis are going into FTSE 500 companies, you know, major major FMCG or CBG companies, and, and and talking to them about cannabis. And then when we would host a public event, you know, you would invite them to the event and they would come, but they would never say where they were from on their badge. It was a clear indication that yes, they were interested, but they held some shame, you know, about about us, and you know, thought that it could damage shareholder perception or their public image perception or some other nonsense. That is kind of quickly changing. You know, you you're, you're seeing now that. Amazon are coming out and saying, oh, we're actually for cannabis and we're lobbying for cannabis. You see the coach brothers come out and say, oh, yeah, we're actually, we're for, we're for cannabis now. And it's suddenly there's a light switch gone off and they're saying we can't be seen to be against this anymore. Cannabis has gone too far down the road towards legalization. certainly in terms of North America, there's these institutions are now coming out and saying, actually, like, look at, look at the Olympics. And the story there of of the athlete being banned from the Olympics because of cannabis consumption. The the, the council banned Biden came out and said, "Oh, it's it sucks, but unfortunately they're the rules. But it does suck. It's it's, it's not right." Now Biden has never been the, the, the biggest supporter, but that's an, that's another different kettle of fish. But look who who stood by her. Like her sponsor stood by her. Her sponsor said, "This is a nonsense. This is a nonsense regulation, and this is an absolute shame." They're recognizing on a corporate level this opinion has shifted significantly, and they're getting a little braver around that. So, look, they've obviously been under play. They've obviously been keeping an eye on what's happening in cannabis, but I think now they're like, "Wow, this is one growth industry where people are actually behind, and we can we we can support this." That wasn't that wasn't the case four or five years ago. It's not as if there was a an, an, a job opening market, whereas now it's the fastest growing sector in the UK or in the US in terms of employment. In New York alone, there's going to be 2.4 billion uh, invested over the next two and a half years. And that'll be everything from all along the supply chain of from infrastructure to, to ancillary services. And that's job creation and job growth uh, and smart job growth. You know, this is, we're talking about, if we look at the impact it has on technology, cannabis is probably the, 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 the only crop of the last 15, 20 years to be worth such a significant amount that warrants significant investment in agrotech. So we're, we're now seeing a whole wave of agrotech just for cannabis, but actually with implications for all other agri- ag- agricultural practices and agricultural products. So it will, it will, it will have an, a ripple impact across every sector it touches. And I think the stigma has been wiped off uh, the face of cannabis, which I think is um, long overdue. You know, you touched on something there about the impact that this is going to have, this innovation is going to have across every sector it touches. And, you know, you you even highlighted that a lot of big name brands and big name uh, CPG companies are now looking at cannabis. But it seems like that this is truly, really, um, when we talk about corporate uh, corporate cannabis, like we're almost doing it in injustice because it seems like it touches on so many different areas. It seems to touch on food and beverage, to healthcare, to mental health, to uh, even things like clothing, where you could have like hemp made, you know, shirts and trousers and that kind of thing. 
is this really like even I know we're at the start, but have we even scratched the surface of the potential of this plant? Not at all. I think that's 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 the exciting thing. Like, you know, the reality is I've spent five years working in cannabis and I know very little. Uh, you know, and that's for anybody genuinely interested in a subject that's super exciting because there's always more to explore. Like I geek out on uh, reports, I geek out on, on events, I geek out on, on talking to individuals at, at, uh, who are really you know, at the cutting edge of innovation. I enjoy my position of being a, a generalist to a certain degree, but I think we are really, really, really only, only getting going. Like, you know, we're from product development within healthcare, it, this is opening up plant-based medicine going into both the traditional healthcare industry. Like the healthcare industry has always shunned to a certain degree, plant-based and natural medicine. Now you are seeing doctors going, actually everything we learned in medicine school may not have been as accurate. You know, you're seeing things like the opioid crisis and where other major breaches in that traditional pharma world you're seeing, you're seeing patients and, and, and consumers in the population sit up and go, actually, is there a, a better alternative? And because we are all more empowered as a result of having mobile phones and you know, uh, having search engines, we're going out and empowering ourselves to find those alternative options. So those alternative options are now more accessible than ever. If I want to find a specialist and a specialist, you know, who has been a specialist in pain or a specialist in epilepsy or a specialist, you know, in, in any diseases, these, these specialists are all now retraining to understand cannabis and, and, and other, other kind of be it plant-based or certainly alternative healthcare products. And that d- didn't really happen 10 years ago. I think cannabis has, it's, it's up for debate, you know, what impacted what more cannabis and psychedelics, but they're, they are interlinked. There is a, a commonality across both insofar as the acceptance of these medicines as medicines and not just the stigma around, oh, they're for recreational use or, you know, that they have no medicinal benefits. You know, we're working to recognize the medicinal value in these products and in these in these goods and in these in the development that we're seeing from a science perspective that is something that we should be exceptionally positive about because it shows we're forward thinking you know we are not closed-minded that we're open-minded that we're we're looking for solutions you know we are looking for something that benefits society on a whole. And that's a really, really important point. The pharma world at the minute is, I think it's it's currently going through, you know, going 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 through the one of the, one of the committees and um, in relation to how much they spend on R and D and the tax bracket tax breaks they get on R and D, and then when you delve into what R and D they do, well, it's just a reclassification of existing patents, and you know it's more protectionism rather than actual R and D. This is this is a wave of of pure play R and D where we are looking at new um, ways of, of treating serious conditions. There's over 65 major conditions that have been identified that can be treated through cannabis at the minute. It's everything from like pain, epilepsy, cancer, not cured, but treated, you know, people's and patients' quality of lives. That is something that we should not ignore as a society. And, and I'm really, really proud to work in an industry that is looking to break down nonsense legislation like that is exceptionally outdated and if we start looking at outdated legislation hopefully that makes it that makes you know we can we can we can apply that principle to other areas of our society and other areas of our law that are either archaic or unfair and you know um certainly balanced against the balance against the public in favor you know in favor of the elite that's something that we are seeing um, move to a certain degree there's a couple of things i want to touch on there that you mentioned so um when it comes to the like the legislation piece that's obviously something that is moving at different rates in different countries and then there's also the element of actually researching 
the benefits of the plant and the benefits that it can have for treatments. And earlier you mentioned the fact that you had like 42 delegates at Prohibition, uh, 42 different countries representative from from, uh, Prohibition Partners Live. You mentioned Israel being a market that's very forward moving. Are there any countries that are really truly leading the way um, on both research and the kind of the loosening of regulations and restrictions? Are the two interlinked? Not always interlinked because, because you know, what, what you have is you, you have, basically you have this plant that is being judged against existing pharmacopoeia guidelines. So that means, you know, they are, it's being judged in the same process and manner of how any other pharmaceutical drug gets manufactured. And, you know, and these are usually single compound isolated uh, isolated and, um, and and synthetic to, to a certain degree produced drugs which you know which can be re- repeated in the exact same uh, manner again and again and again with cannabis it's a natural product so you don't have the same you don't have the same stability now you you have a very high stability but it's not going to be you know in the same level as a exact same level as a as a as a, as a traditional pharmaceutical single compound product you're talking of a plant that is each each plant can have millions upon millions of different variations and combinations in terms of the outcome of it but that we won't go down that that that, that road is the, the 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 correlation between access and Understanding, I, I, I'd say probably not. Like you know, you you could look at say Italy. Italy, you know, was the first European country to to legalize. And what happened in Italy is, while there was some advancement with some of the universities and kind of and and, and science groups, the Italian government kind of, or the, well, actually the Italian army took over production and and research to, to 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 a large degree and kind of were responsible for the manufacturing and and supply of of, of cannabis for the, for the last for the last 15 years now that is delayed you know while they're great in terms of getting access to patients first of all in, in Europe it really has delayed uh, just the development of the nat- the national infrastructure, national knowledge, and restricted who gets access to cannabis and who can actually um, research cannabis. Whereas, whereas in Israel, it's it's a little bit more open. They've kind of come at it more so from a from a science perspective first. So understanding the plants and formulation and and um, and kind of have been isolating different cannabinoids to really properly understand what, how they can be used in, 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 in modern medicine. And I think they kind of spent years on the science aspect before thinking, okay, how do we, how do we take this to, 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 to patients? And then how do we democratize our understanding of this? So what, what you've seen in Israel is the, the science, you know, is, is obviously led by few, but you are, you do have quite a large network of scientists and groups that are responsible for driving innovation. Um, I don't think that's necessary. Israel is, you know, they're not doing so to to uh, to to support the domestic market. Like Israel isn't a, a domestic market manufacturer. They are looking at this from 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 an export perspective. So they have allowed their legislation and uh, innovation to be geared towards geared towards the export market and that is why if you look at uh, if you look at the majority of investment decks uh, you will see uh, scientists uh, who have done their training tend to be from or based or have lived in Israel wow that's fascinating and it, like I'm fascinated by the fact that the Italian army kind of like is one of the, the 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 main sources of like what Italy is doing in cannabis right now. That's really that's mind blowing. Actually, um, it wouldn't be something that you would kind of expect. You wouldn't expect like they would be the kind of the almost the sole proprietor of of development there. Yeah, I think. Well, look, for a lot of governments, they're still 
you know, they're still wondering how do we protect this? How do we, you know, is this, this is something we're criminalizing, but yet we're also producing as well. So, you know, on one hand, they're, they're stamping out the illegal, uh, for, for, for lack of a better word, um, production of, of cannabis around, around their country. And then on the other, they're the ones solely responsible for manufacturing of it and the control of it. They recognize that there is a huge opportunity to take their position of having kind of a wealth of, of, of talent in, in, in the country and really open up the market for new entrants to, you know, to, to drive Italy forward, not only domestic market, but also, you know, from, a, from an inward investment perspective. You're seeing a lot of inward investment authorities now, you know, reaching out and wanting us to kind of run events or, you know, run, do reports on, on their region. We've worked with a number of European, number of uh, LATAM and a number of Asian countries to help position themselves for and attract inward investment within the cannabis space. That's very interesting to hear. And like while we're actually talking about like different countries and that kind of thing, I actually want to pivot to Ireland uh, specifically. So uh, I'll, I'll actually start with with the fact that as I started initially kind of researching uh, corporate cannabis as a whole, one thing that I found was that there was, it seemed that there was Irish people all over this. It seemed like everywhere I turned, whether it be in the US uh, and it was consultants out of San Diego, there was Irish people. There was Irish people working with cultivators up in Canada. There was Irish people working out of Southeast Asia on the... the commercialization of uh, CBD products. Um, so it seems like that there's this like Irish connection going on here. But I, I firstly want to start with you in particular, because I want I'm I've heard like how passionate you are about it. I can hear that you have this almost like this pioneering attitude towards corporate cannabis. But what was it? that initially attracted you? Like, what was the thing that made you go, oh, this is something that I want to explore more? Like, what was that hook for you? Look, I'd, I'd, I'd always been a, uh, an advocate for cannabis and I'd been, you know, I think what, 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 what I hated was if, you know, if I was in an environment where, you know, there was, say, and it's this is as, as an Irish person, I'm sure you can relate, and and it's not a, an aspect of society that I'm exceptionally proud of. But there's a huge level of abuse around alcohol in Ireland, uh, and how we how how we consume, and the volume in which we consume, and how we behave around it, and that just you know that 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 level of abuse is is can be can be can be very scary. Um, in terms of the damage it does to society, the damage it does to our health, the damage you know it does uh, to you know full, full stop uh, to our economy, and I I had I'd found that there was this you know there was suddenly a, a people were were holier than thou when it came to other drug consumption. So if somebody consumed other drugs, be it MDMA or BS cannabis, and I'm not putting them all, putting them all in the same light, but you know, well, if 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 somebody want, if somebody didn't want to drink, and they said no, I prefer this is my temple of choice. There was this kind of oh, I can't believe you know you're one of them, and oh, you are uh, you 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 know you're you're wasting your life or whatever you know the, those those uh, meaningless meaningless um, by the ways are, are are passed on, and. You know, I was just kind of a bit. Uh, I, I, I was I was a bit disappointed at, at the at the small mindedness of that, and I saw what was happening in North America. I saw that look, it was, cannabis has always been part of North American culture. There's certainly been more acceptance of cannabis, and you know, it was it was widely accepted in in social circles and no matter what class you know or parts of society or socioeconomic background you are from 
cannabis seemed to be quite universal in 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 that regard. And I I just liked that it was a lot more democratic and it didn't have a class distinction associated with it. Like if, you know, if if you're if you're drinking at 12 in the day, you're either uh, you know, you're 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 either a bum or somebody who is having a business lunch, and you know, give us the distinction between both. It's there, you know. It's not. It's 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 um it's a very it's a very um the 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 culture of alcohol and what alcohol represents in you know you there isn't a day that goes by. This is this is very pertinent as well around say the Euros. Like there was article after article every single day in terms of how domestic abuse rose through alcohol as a result of as a result of you know huge intake uh, through the Euros. There was a result of uh, the amount of um, A and E um, a, 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 the number of people visiting A and E dramatically increased during the Euros as a result of alcohol abuse. You're, there's very little, uh, you know. The, there's obviously a benefit to to alcohol. Look, I, you know, it's not as if I I don't drink. I I do drink, but I do think we as a society have to get our you know have to check reality in terms of what we think is fair and safe and and healthy, and you know what damage it does not just to society itself, but you know, to, to, to ourselves from a health perspective, there's a whole question mark around, you know, or not question mark, but there's a, there's a, a broader conversation that is being had at the minute around mental health. And what I'm, what I'm enjoying is that we're starting to have these conversations that were taboo. Uh, you know, like, I, I don't think I need to tell a, like um, a, a nice Irish Catholic boy, I presume, uh, you know, in terms of what's what, what's taboo and what, what what we don't talk about, and but you know, the 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 ability that cannabis has, it's 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 something that you can't really hide behind. You can't be on the fence about cannabis. You're either for it or against it, and I. I enjoy the conversations in terms of who is against it and why, and you know what are the, what's the the, the challenges you have and why is your position there, and you know having being a, being able to have an open and very transparent conversation with people, I, I thought very very fascinating. You know, for years I'd done, I'd, I'd spent in advertising work in agencies in Dublin, London, like selling, you know. Coca-Cola to kids and Guinness, you know, Guinness to whoever would have it and Ben and Jerry's to, to, you know, to, 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 to lonely, 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 lonely people all, all over the world. Like I, I enjoyed that, but there was always, there was a cynicism in, in advertising and there was a cynicism to, to the marketing side of that. And I, I, you know, I didn't feel like I was, or you know we were leaving it's leaving the world that that corporate culture is leaving the world in a better in a better place and ultimately you know you would like to have some positive contribution now i'm not saying i'm goody goody two shoes here i obviously have a, a a capital agenda in terms of what i'm trying to do you know i'm not i'm not a, a non non-profit but i do believe that we are we can create a fair a fair uh, a fair, a fair society, you know, through the acceptance of cannabis and what, you know, and and properly, you don't need to consume it, you don't need to use it, you know, but you you should recognize it as a a right of access, you know, we are, because if we start opening ourselves up to 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 this level of access, well then, what else will we open ourselves up to, and what else can we change within ourselves and and you know and and society itself, and that's I think why. I was why, why, why I was attracted look obviously uh, the I had I had the once we had the idea for prohibition partners myself and my co-founder we had, we, we were both running businesses at the time with with you know had, had teams and so on we exited out of our businesses within four weeks to set this up uh, you know, with with nothing, like we bootstrapped and we kind of funded ourselves for for, for a good while, but it was really the thought that actually, you know, that we can, this is happening. Uh, I, you know, I don't know if, if I could ever be as 
passionate about uh, selling insurance or, you know, while they're all, look, while they're all absolutely critical, just me personally, um, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't how, what I wanted to dedicate uh, my life to. It's interesting because it sounds like that it was very much a purpose-driven thing. It's like all of these things kind of came together to drive a purpose for you, which seems to be very consistent with other Irish people I've spoken to. Like everybody seems to, you know, you came from this, like almost like the destigmatization. It's not fair. It's not just, it's not conducive to a healthy society. Others have said similar things. Others have said things like, uh, you know, that this was something that they saw how incarceration rates were uh, were so high in areas where this the cannabis was um you know, uh, heavily regulated and, you know, that was seen as an injustice and that kind of thing. So it seems like right now the people that see, uh, that seem to be getting into this are very purpose-driven. Um, and it seems like that's everybody like that I've spoken to that is Irish, that is working in this area. Um, could we see Ireland itself be a hub of innovation development for uh, this industry, because it feels like that Ireland is a hub for things like tech and and innovation as it is. Could we see the same for corporate cannabis? I haven't seen it. I see so many quality individuals who are who are flying the flag in Ireland, and you know, doing for everything from across hemp all the way through to to pharma and and science. But the you know the level of investment required and how competitive it is out there you know you're 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 talking to a it's going to be hard to get access to 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 that level of investment for Ireland at the minute no it's not to say it can't happen but you know there is there's regions that are a lot more advanced uh, you know, than 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 where Ireland plays it. Like Ireland, obviously, has all the the natural uh, ingredients for a successful industry. A very very educated workforce. You know, phenomenal farm industry. Great infrastructure. Uh, you know, obviously, all the corporate uh, positives of, of 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 tax and you know access to to top level advisory. I just think it's there's still um you know. There's still that stigma that that that, that exists. Like I have, they, you won't go to a, a cannabis conference anywhere in the world, and I've been to to, to to most, you know, where where you won't hear an Irish accent. Uh, it's it's fantastic. You know, we are there is Irish people all over the world who are doing really, really, really amazing stuff. You know, and and at the very forefront, and some of the biggest names in cannabis are Irish. So it's not as if you know we. It's 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 like every other industry. You know, we're 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 opportunists, we're innovators, and we're we're all, we're dogged. You know, in 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 our approach, um, we. However, you know, we're, we are always as a, we're always part of the, the diaspora and always kind of traveling and moving. So, you know, we're the, the, that talent rarely settles at home, um, you know, but I, I, I'm, 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 I, I, I'm delighted with what is like, I'm not, I don't want to, downplay the level of, of domestic talent and companies that, that that are existing existing in Ireland. But I, I, I do need to kind of do a, a an honorable comparison to who, you know, where other markets are at in terms of the, the their domestic cannabis market and industry. And Ireland has a long way to go to kind of being a be, being a competitor. Like you know, the the I don't know how many conversations uh, or briefings we've given to House of the Arctis or you know or you know or different you know obviously different uh, governmental departments and we've had members of you know members of the of HAPA uh, you know come to different events and it, it's 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 just there doesn't seem to be a clear motivation to do something. 
you know, there's, there's a lot of virtual signaling within, with, around cannabis when it comes to legislators. So if, if I was to summarize what you're saying is like Irish people as individuals have the potential to be innovative within this industry, but when it comes to Ireland as a country, we're very far off from where we could be if we were to ever think about being a hub for this. It's we're very far behind in like the overarching, like what the country is doing and how they're investing, how they're feeling and how they're regulating. Yeah, I think I think that's 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 a fair that's a fair fair assumption. I I think, you know, look, it's obviously not a a, a, a natural destination for say cultivation so where it's this other value add well it's got this phenomenal pharma network all around the world like you go any county around the world will have a pretty good regional pharma company that is that is in existence there like i'm today i'm i'm down in i'm, I'm, I'm just outside Clamel. when you're driving around you know you are seeing some of the biggest global pharma companies you know uh, 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 around me and it's just testament to, to showcase that there is um you know there is a wealth of of talent that does exist here, but will that will that transition into cannabis and move into cannabis? Uh, that's I I'm not in the short term. I can't see it in the short term. Hopefully, hopefully, I'd love to be wrong. I'd love to be wrong. So let's just say there's somebody listening to this podcast and they've got a bit of an entrepreneurial spirit and they're thinking. Right, I'm going to prove Stephen Murphy wrong. I'm going to do something about this. Um, uh, you know, what advice would you give somebody who actually does want to explore potentially either working in the industry or trying to forge their own path within this industry? Yeah, I think it's still at early stage. You know, you, you don't, you don't need. It's not as if you need to ask anybody's permission. If you, you know, it's there is the whole infrastructure still needs to be built here. So it's, you look at the, the full supply chain, like, you know, where's, where's pain points? Well, in pain points is say in Ireland, there's a major pain point around access. So who's educating the doctors and what doctors are available and how are the, how are the doctors getting access to it and who's tracking the patients and, uh, you know, what's the patient's follow-up and how are the patients, uh, you know, informing their, their peer groups. And, you know, you, you, it, it obviously opens up 101 questions, but these are all little, Minute areas that 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 need to be solved in Ireland. Um, how do they get? How, how do they get involved? Well, just you know, put put your name out there and and, and and go for it. It's not as if you know. Obviously, the 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 usual way of going to events and you know, jumping on calls with a hundred million people and you know, getting 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 their thoughts and pitching to investors and being told no and then being told yes. It's you know, and I'm I'm not telling anyone how to suck eggs, but you've got, uh, you know, you've got, um, you've you've got to really know the problem you're solving uh, in, in in cannabis. And thankfully, in 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 where we are in the industry, there is thousands of problems to choose from. Uh, that, yeah, so you know, it is it is really a, an an entrepreneur's dream in in relation to if they have an idea, well. Usually, you know, it'll be an answer to an existing problem, uh, and you know, the, the 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 big problem once you start is saying no, <laughs> saying okay, no, I need to focus on one thing. And for you, when it comes to focusing, because uh, I mentioned obviously earlier on that Prohibition Partners has is not only doing live events, your consultancy, you have the newsletter, so. How, how are you focusing? Like, what are the what are the things that you're focusing on next? So, for me, Prohibition Partners and our group is look. We we're a we're we're, we're a global operation. We have teams all, all over the world. Uh, we you know we run everything from uh, events to uh, media platforms and publications. So, some of the biggest B two B media titles in the space are, are, are part of our group. Uh, we have. A team of, of of senior consultants who you know who work with governments and investors and uh, and 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 cannabis companies, advising them on on how the industry is evolving and advancing and, and how to best position themselves for, for for growth. 
and um, and we we I suppose have um, this uh, this this platform called the Talus, which is essentially all the the data and information you can think of regulations, market pricing, sizing, uh, um, compliance, company analysis, etc. All, all, all available on demand. So you know we're we're, we're creating this global marketplace for, for, for data and trade services um, that we will, uh, you know, we will really want to evolve. Think of it as a, a Bloomberg terminal, if you will, for, for, for the cannabis industry. We see that we have eyes on and ears uh, on, on what's happening in the space and our, our ability to translate that into accessible data and I suppose certainly make it more convenient is 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 is, is our challenge. As cannabis gets bigger and bigger and a little bit more complex, that obviously uh, means we need to uh, improve our, our our game. But you know that's 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 the great challenge. Uh, you know, overcoming overcoming how to how to capture. New data points that are emerging, where you know, where 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 traditionally, you know, that data didn't exist before. So, how do you capture market pricing on patients in uh, in, in in say in Italy, where there is no traditional tracking system for that? So, yeah, we're 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 actually more of a, a technology company um, that is. Probably dressed up as a as a data and media group, um, but we really leverage technology to to capture, translate, and kind of monitor what is happening in in the global cannabis industry. Uh, that's a great kind of connection as to why we've had you on the Digital Irish podcast because you're obviously very much uh, very deep in tech as well as uh, cannabis itself. Um, you know, for our audience who are everything from angel investors, entrepreneurs, people that are just tech savvy, interested in technology, is there anything that our audience could help you out with uh, as you continue to grow Prohibition Partners? Oh yeah. Oh well, this is this is great. Uh, look, you know, this is this is this this goes back to to, to my point earlier. Like, you know, Ireland and Nyarlathotspora has some of the finest minds out there. Uh, if if I get access to them here, phenomenal. Um, so, look, we've our, our our challenge with it is, I suppose, the recording of and being able to track data. So that is everything from you know how do we model um, the growth of markets through and, and and market pricing based on based on what data we can get available to us and it's because the market is so segmented you know you have in 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 most markets in Europe you're you're running from a, a private model so how do you get access to private private data. Uh, and then how do you how do you kind of encrypt that and how do you get how do you are, are you able to roll it out in every single market? That is a constant that is a constant challenge for us to be able to constantly provide new uh, tech solutions that we can implement. Um, you know, so we can go to a group of clinics, say in Switzerland, and provide them a very simple solution. To allow them to, you know, track and measure their own their 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 own patients, while, for instance, looking at what is happening in 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 in, in international trade and wholesale pricing, be able to track wholesale pricing and then break it down in terms of okay, what pricing is how how products how product pricing is fluctuating depending on what conditions are on the rise, how is that conditions being uh, going to affect what is grown in the next two years, you know, and then and, and, and ultimately be able to provide those levels of of insights that are really going to kind of shape the global growth of the industry and not just like, oh, how many patients consumed X this month. It's more of a case of, okay, I'm investing 100 million in, 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 in you know, in, in, in production. Well, what does the future market look like? And it's it's building those future those future those future insights and those future future forecasts, which I'm you know we're we're still in a case of uh, to to a certain degree like chasing our tails on finding data. 
you know, and, and establishing the, the data power to look, we have dedicated five years of doing this. Uh, it is, it is, um, I, there is definitely a better way to do it. And uh, I would love if if somebody came along and said, actually, I can uh, I, I can help you do it better. <laughs> that that is a very clear call to action for anybody that's listening to this. Hopefully, as uh, Stephen, somebody reaches out to you, and hopefully, somebody in Ireland. Yeah, hopefully, uh, with some with something that is going to absolutely blow your mind there. So, um, but Stephen, I'm also cognizant of time because um, I know we've gone way, way over. Um, so I just want to uh, firstly congratulate you on all of the success, especially with Prohibition Partners Live back in May. Um, hopefully next year we'll be able to kind of attend some hybrid model of both online and in-person. Um, and then secondly, just thank you for taking out the time to talk to us about um, you know your expertise in the industry what uh, you know what is the potential for anybody that's interested in jumping in and uh, with a very clear ask there at the end thank you so much no thank you thank you yeah look we're um, we'll be in our, 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 our event business of cannabis is in actually the Rockefeller Center on the 28th of September in oh, New right. York so uh, yeah, so hope 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 to see you and and and, and some and some others there. There'll be there'll be there'll be plenty of other Irish, so you won't feel you won't feel uh, <laughs> you won't feel shy. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Perfect. Thank you. And that is our episode. Thank you so much to Stephen Murphy for taking out the time to talk to us about Prohibition Partners and all of the work that he's doing massive thank you to you as well the listener if you enjoyed this podcast please share it with anybody that you think would be interested and also make sure to subscribe to us on apple podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts please also keep an eye out for part four of this four-part series on corporate cannabis and irish innovation in corporate cannabis coming very soon thank you all